Hello again, welcome to Faith, Family, and Politics. I'm your host, Joshua Cummins. We're going to have a really big show today. That's our friend Louis Rodriguez here in studio today. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing all right. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us. And uh, over here to my left, we're going to skip him. It's fair. We're going to go across the way to my dad, and man who's going to bring the message tonight, uh, host of More on the Moor, my father, Gary Moore. Heidi ho neighborinos. How are you doing today, sir? Fantastic. Thanks for joining us. Oh, yeah, good to right. be here. And back to the left, you know him, you love him. Host of Laughing Libertarian, Alan McFarlane. Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for joining us. I'm surprised there were no crickets that time. <laughs> You're stepping up in the world. <laughs> I'm becoming more important to the producer. <laughs> and, of course, the producer, Sterling. Yeah, producer Sterling. The perfect producer sitting over there. In the house. He's shaking his head like, no, get away from us. <laughs> Keep your Gentile ways over there. So you got you got a message for us today, yes, Dad? Yes, uh, um, we will join with a word of prayer, and then we'll kind of discuss the message just a little bit. But the title of that message, though, is The Power of the Resurrection. Whoa. Nice. You got to go in a little deep with that one. I felt that. Chills. Back from the dead. Yes, completely back from the dead. So let's have a quick word of prayer, and then we'll get into this. All righty? Sure. Blessed Heavenly Father, we just give you praise, glory, and honor first for our salvation, Lord. We thank you that we could enter into the studio here tonight, that every one of us arrived safely for the show tonight. We just pray that just uh, let your spirit move mightily through this, uh, through the message portion, Lord. We just ask just to just let it glorify those that hear it. Help me to deliver it as um, you have spoken to me on this message, Lord. Let's just uh, glorify you through the show. We ask all this in Jesus' blessed and holy name. Amen. 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 All right, now, now, you can't have an Easter or AKA, well, I guess AKA really don't even remotely fit because it was Resurrection Sunday before it was Easter Sunday, and you know we're not going to get into the any um, so-called paganism into it because... There is no true poop proof to that, so let's just get past that. Poo-poo proof? Yeah. <laughs> poo on any type of proof there. But there is there is so much about the resurrection that just when you take the time to really look at it and pull out the, the details, you can see the pure power of God and he, how he moves. Now, in Matthew chapter 27... We'll start with verse 50, and we'll read down through 53. It says in Matthew 27, verse 50, Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up a ghost. Now, in another one of the Gospels, it identifies that he hollered out, it is finished. Another Gospel identifies that he said, um, Father, I I yield my spirit to you. But um, he hollers out, and behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from top to the bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent. And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose, and came out of the graves after his resurrection, and went into the holy city, and appeared unto, um, appeared unto many. I want to stop right there. The 
when you look at what took place upon the cross, the one thing that took place for three hours during what should have been the height of the sun, there was darkness. Now, about 2017, 2008, uh, no, 2017, we had an eclipse that uh, back when Trump was president, and uh, you could throw on some glasses and you could see that the moon was in front of the sun. And it did not seem that day that it was like, oh, my gosh, it's dark outside. But there was an eclipse. So with that, just picturing that there is darkness, God said, I'm turning my back on my son because of the sin that he died for. Now, in verse 52, it says, The graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose excuse me, and came out of the graves after his resurrection. So you got to go all the way over to chapter 28. And in the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn towards the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene, and this Mary is the same one that he had cast out demons from, uh, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, and an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning, and his raiment was white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not, for I know that ye seek Jesus which was crucified, he is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come and see the place where the Lord laid, and quickly go and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him, lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher for fear and great joy. I just want you to kind of picture that. You've seen an angel come down. He's sitting upon the rock. Jesus isn't even in there. He didn't need the angel to move the rock. That was for us. Now, to the size of this stone that is placed in front of this tomb, it is is said that the opening of this was like four foot wide and about five foot tall, and you step down in. So a stone that would roll down in front of this and would would um, they would, in front of the opening, they would put a notch. That way it would roll in, and it basically locked it in. You're not getting around. So they, that stone would fall in and be fit into place, and then it was sealed by the magistrates, and we're going to get into that here in just a minute. And that's also to stop people from trying to rob the grave as well, Rob, right? the, rob the graves. So, um, so this stone needed to weigh close to two tons. So we're talking 4,000 pound worth of rock. And it would take... So that's a crew just to put it into place. Oh, good golly, to say the least. Um, you know, if you've got the rock kind of up on a hill and kind of rolls down and then drops into place, good for you. But then you still got to get it out of the groove that it's sitting in in order to get in. Uh, you're throwing off my groove. Yes, exactly. Now, to say the least... 
no one threw his groove off. Because when we go back, it said right there in verse 2 of 28, it says, and behold, there was a great earthquake. Now, that could have been that very instance when the, I don't know the regeneration, when he was resurrected from the dead, there was such a force of God power upon that very instance that that it just was almost like, I don't want to say an atom bomb because it wasn't destructive. Because in chapter 27, we see that there was life that was given. So it was an explosion of life to the point that when you go back to 27, it says that the rocks were rent, the graves were open, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection. kind of sounds like a great quake. <laughs> to yeah. say the least, a great quake. And then, yeah, what, well, the imagery there is, is also really interesting. Like people just popping back up out of their graves and going, here I am. To How's say it going? Least, it's, and I can imagine just sitting at home and like, hey, Alan, uh, I've been dead for a while. How's it going? And what would you think? I'd have to go get my red leather jacket <laughs> and uh, attempt a moonwalk. Yes. Well, and see, that, that that's the kind of interesting part because, I mean, Matthew just gives us, you know, that they had appeared unto many, went, went into the holy city and appeared to many. And when you think about that, it doesn't say, was it the saint, you know, it was the saints that died um, in the days just before. So, you know, there was five or six that died the day before Jesus died or something like that. It it doesn't say to what extent. So, I mean, this could almost appear to be as um, that they were, uh, oh, doggone it, not mummies, almost more like zombies. And do not quote me on that and say, oh, he's talking about zombies in Scripture. It's like it doesn't say. But just the sheer energy. Now, these people still had to end up back in the grave. It doesn't say. It just says that they appeared. But the very energy from Christ coming back to life, that it had the ability to affect dead people, the, those, the saints that were around that area. Yeah, it sounds kind of a lot like uh, the, the celebration in Mexico during what we, what a lot of people celebrate Halloween, but Dios de, de Muertes where they... They honor the the dead because they they feel like the dead is yeah. they feel like the dead is is able to talk to them at that certain point of day, uh, time of year, but maybe at this at this point in time, well, they really well, not maybe they really did come back and the saints anyway, yeah. and and talk to them. So that had to have been a, quite an experience in in and of itself. With well, before you ever even get to the fact that this guy named Jesus is fulfilling everything that was said about him and everything that he said he was going to do. Yeah. But when God came back, he came back as a spirit, not as a human being. Um, he needed, when he was first, resur- when he when his first resurrection took place, he needed to, to complete the transfer of the sacrifice. So that was why he, uh, he identified to Mary. It's like, you know, don't put your hands on me because I have not ascended to my father. So... When he was resurrected, she got to see something. Uh, Mary, Mary probably got the the greatest of blessings. Someone that is that was deemed utterly dirty by society 
the the Lord allowed her to see great things. And um, so she did get to see him, but he said, you know, don't touch me because I haven't ascended to my father yet. So there needed to be that time. He needed to bring the atonement to the throne of God. So as as the priest would take the blood into the mercy seat, that needed to take place with his sacrifice. So everything that he had done had to be delivered to the Father. That's why he was saying, I was like, go tell my boys, head to Galilee. So um, now you will see in another gospel that it identifies that he did speak with two of them. And um, when he was talking with them, he kind of expounded the scripture. Literally, he went from Genesis all the way up to that current time, tell, showing them in scripture what needed to be done and why this had to take place. And their spirit yearned for what he was saying, but they didn't realize until they'd gotten to the house that they were getting to, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And um, he went and broke bread with them. So once again, he was like, "Whether are we going to be eating in heaven? Yeah. Jesus spent plenty of time eating down here, but at the same time, once Jesus Jesus walked everywhere, so he could eat all day long, and then he'd go walk a hundred miles. Um, he he had a three hundred mile radius that he worked in. So to say the least, when you think about that, he's logging some serious miles, foot miles. the The only time his Fitbit was going crazy. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> you're logging the miles up, Lord. Thank you, thank you for having me today. So yes, yeah, so just. Um, so the things that he was doing just really just shows to the things that we're going to get to do in heaven. Now, in Second Kings, and Elisha got to see something that happened to Elijah. And Elijah was, he said, you can receive a double portion, double blessing, if you see me when the Lord takes me. And... In a whirlwind, he saw a fire chariot come down and take his his friend, his 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 preacher, his um, the prophet. And since he got to see that, he got a double portion. Now he ends up getting sick. Let's see here. In chapter thirteen, starting at verse fourteen, it identifies that Elisha was fallen sick of his sickness, whereof he died. And Joash, the king of Israel, came down unto him and wept over his face and said, O my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And Elisha said unto unto him, Take bow and arrow. And he took the uh, unto him bow and arrows. And he said unto the king of Israel, Put thine hand upon the bow. And he put his hand upon the bow, and Elisha put his hand upon the king's hand, and he's am I in the right place? I don't know. <laughs> okay, all right, yeah, I'm I'm still I'm I gotta catch up with my brain. But anyway, so he's sick. He sets him up and um opened the window eastward. He opened it, and then Elisha said, Shoot, and he shot, and he said, The arrow of the Lord's deliverance, and the arrow of deliverance from Assyria, for thou shalt smite the Samaritan Assyrians in um, Ethic, till thou have consumed them. 
So, but then verse 20, it says, and Elisha died at that point and they buried him and the bands of the Moabites invaded the land at the coming in of the year. And it came to pass and they're sitting there as they were burying a man that behold, they spied a band of men. So they saw the Moabites coming into the land and they got scared. What, what happened? They, what they did. And they cast the man into the sepulcher of Elisha. And when the man was let down and touched, now it says when he was let down, it said, kind of seems almost contradictive. And they cast the man into the sepulcher, but it says of Elijah, cast him in. But then it says when the man was let down, that he and touched the bones of Elisha, he revived and stood up on his feet. And that's, that's a picture of that resurrection power that to the point he touched the bones of a dead prophet and instantly, instantly alive. And so when you look at, when you look at that, you see that power. God has so much power and so much ability that we don't even tap into because we limit God. It's like, well, God, I got some things going on. I can take care of a couple of these things. And, but if you can take care of this over here, I'll, I'll take care of these. You take care of that. We're limiting God. I think those are the key words right there of limiting God is if you can. If you can. If you can. It, and the thing is, Jesus died and rose again to the point that the, the, the sheer energy, the sheer power of that resurrection just caused the, the dead that was around him caused the earth to shake and those came to life. So that's, that's the, that's the power of God. So when we sit and we limit God, we're, we're causing issues. Now, when you look at the story of Lazarus, Christ, in fact, John chapter 14, Lazarus, good friend of Jesus, Jesus loved him. And some would probably go through and say, well, you know, if Jesus really loved him, he could have avoided him getting sick altogether if he'd just show up. And that didn't... Uh, where, that, would be, where would be the lesson in that? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but uh, now a certain man was sick, and this is chapter 11, named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, excuse me, and his sister. It was that Mary which had anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his her his feet with her hair. And there's a whole lesson there, Her whose brother uh, Lazarus was sick. Now, they send word when Jesus heard that he said, this sickness is not unto death. So Jesus is saying, it's not unto death. And knowing that we're sitting here talking about him raising him from the dead, and he's saying, it's not unto death. But our earthly mind just sees it as when you're dead, you're dead. There's no, but that's not what Paul was telling the people. He said, they're not dead. They are asleep. They are sleeping. So when our body and spirit are separated here on earth because we have 
gone on to heaven, our body is just sleeping. Those that are still lost in sin, they have death. They're dead in sin. Um, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. So Jesus loved uh, Martha, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. So um, when he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Then after that, saith he to his friends, let us go into Judea again. And his disciples saying, Master, the, uh, the Jews at late um, have, are, are seeking to stone you. So it might not be a good idea to go through and do this. And uh, so Jesus answers, are there not 12 hours in a day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, but because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth because there is no light in him. These things say, said he, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of his sleep. So I'm sure the disciples at this point was like, Well, if he's you know, if he's just sleeping, he's getting better. Why do we need to go? Yeah. All right, so then verse twelve, then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleeps, he shall do well. Howbeit Jesus spake of his death. But they thought that he said uh, spoken of taking rest in sleep. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there to attend. Ye may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. All right, so. He gets over there. Martha, as soon as she heard Jesus is coming, went to meet him. Mary was still back at the house. Martha said unto Jesus, said, If thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. If you'd have been here. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. And Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. So Martha is limiting on what God can do. Jesus already said, he's going to live again. Oh, I know, I know. He, at the resurrection, he'll, he'll. She wasn't listening to what he was saying at all. And that's the problem with us. We don't take the time to really listen to what God Christ has to say, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Now we are dead in our trans, our transgressions, our sins. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23. But the gift of God is eternal life through our Lord Jesus Christ. That is our victory. For the wages of sin is death. So we're all doomed to die. And that was the whole notion at the garden, as we were discussing earlier. We won't get back into Adam and Eve. But um, so, and whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. 
And when she had said uh, so said, she went her way and called Mary her sister, secretly saying, The master is come and calleth for thee. Now, she get, they get over there. Then Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, and she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. And here we are. Now the other sisters doing the same thing. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in his spirit and was troubled, and said, Where have ye laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Jesus is probably the shortest verse in Scripture, but it is the most powerful one. Yes, God manifested in the flesh, weeping, weeping for a friend, weeping for the sorrows of people. I thought it was weeping in frustration. Those two women just going, oh, if you can, if you can, if you can see my brother. No. <laughs> He's like, if, you, uh, if you'd have been here, he'd, he'd still be alive. <laughs> then said the Jews, Sigh. behold how he loved him. All right, then uh, Jesus, therefore, again groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It was a cave. And a stone lay upon it. And Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. And old Martha, older sister, older siblings. I, I'm, I'm going to assume she was the oldest one. She always seemed like she was busy about um, service to the, to the flesh, not service to the Lord. Um, the sister of him that was dead saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. So here we've got Lazarus dead for four days. And we don't know how how many days those that were in the graves around the tomb of Christ, how many days they had been dead. So once again, we, we see this great power. How much do you think that that probably smelled, Louis? Like four days dead? They didn't have a shower in there. <laughs> um, Jesus saith unto her, Said I not unto thee that if thou believest, wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from what, um, from the place where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. That's interesting. He said, thank you that you've heard me. It's like it was almost as if that prayer was already said, and he was just waiting for the answer. Yeah. Then he goes on to say, and I knew that thou hearest me also, but because of the people which stand by, I said it that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when thus, when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Now, you've got to keep in mind, Lazarus has already been dead four days. Now, I've experienced late-time death about three weeks, and there's there's a definite odor to death. And it's, you you can try to identify it, but it's never quite what you can really depict. Um, But anyhow, and... Lazarus come forth, and he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face 
was bound about with a napkin, and Jesus, Jesus saith unto them, Loose him and let him go. I tell you what now, Lazarus was already a Jesus believer. And I'm just kind of wondering, he probably sitting sitting there in Hades in Abraham's bosom, perfectly content. It's like, I've reached the other side. Life is good. And then then to hear the Lord's voice once again. Um I don't know how I would feel, but I guess if I'm going to hear the Lord's voice, I'm going to be glad to go wherever he's at. When he when he speaks in that fashion, it's a beautiful Absolutely. thing. Yeah. I mean, it's like, Gary, come here. <laughs> yes, Lord. Here I am. I am here. I can't get there fast enough. I can't get there fast enough, exactly. Get these grave clothes off of me. Yes. And... Um, <laughs> Yes, it's probably uh, be almost as a uh, night at the museum with uh, undoing the mummy. Oh yeah, yeah. But um, anyway, so we see at the word of the Lord, life is given, and we've already. If you go to John chapter one, it said. Um, Let's just go there. That way I can cite it correctly. I know I can cite it correctly. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So by the Word of God, victory is given to the point that what is lying down and appears dead is living proof that it is alive again. He'll still end up dying again as as he needs to, but this is showing the power of God that with a Word, life in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth how did he do it he spoke it into existence so when you've got all these evolutionary individuals and the big bangs yes there was a big bang god said it and bang it happened so this is so this is where we're at we're we're at a, a point where we have to decide the very power that God has to bring life from death. When, when you when you look at a a grain of wheat, what must that wheat do to be something special? It has to go in the ground and die in order for it to germinate and become something living, to be more than what it is. So there has to be there has to be something there. What Christ did on the cross gave us that victory, gave us the freedom from death, hell, and the grave. We don't have to fear it any longer. And to know that there is so much power just in his word when, when he spoke Lazarus come forth, that victory covers it all. To see that, to know the truth, the... Uh, uh, not a, I don't want to call him a magistrate. It was, uh, I know Sterling knows who it is, but um, um, the gentleman, his daughter, his his <laughs> daughter. Over there, okay. ah. Yeah. Well, once I finish kind of laying it out, he'll be like, "Oh yeah, yeah." Um, Darius. But think about it. Been, father's name may have been Darius, but um, no, wasn't Darius. Anyway, 
his daughter was deathly sick. He goes out to get Jesus and come uh, said, don't bother the master. Your daughter's already dead. And Jesus looked at him and says, you know, don't worry, just believe. And he gets in there, and they're all weeping. He's like, you know, she's not dead. She's just sleeping. Of course, they laughed him to scorn. It's like, she's dead. She's not breathing. No, she's sleeping. Well, that's what it is for the believer. We get to sleep in our in our in our in our separation from our body when we step into heaven. That's a beautiful thing. Your body at death expels its last breath. And the next time your lungs take fresh air as a believer, you're in heaven. That's a victory that's just overwhelming, and that's the power of God. That's the power of that resurrection. And to know that at the point in time that the trump of God is sounded, every one of us is going to hear come forth. And that 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 is that's beautiful <laughs> to know at that point in time that the thundering that we will hear is a multitudes of people their names being called in victory. It's going to be Josh come forth, Louis come forth, Gary come forth, and if someone else would just submit to the will of God, <laughs> pray he for him too. Could be in a victorious state of mind. Jesus himself got Alan come forth. forth. <laughs> he's, he's tenderly calling today. God is the one that gave Jesus the power to make somebody live and gave him the power to make somebody walk. That that power was there because he was he was he was all man and all God at the same time. And that was that was going to allow him to to bruise the head of the serpent. And that was going to give us that great victory. So when you have made that confession of faith and you understand that you are a sinner and that you can say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know you died for me. You resurrected. You're standing in the presence of the Father making intercession for me. And I am saying, Lord, forgive me. The way I see it is God is the one with the power given the power but in the beginning was the word and who is the word jesus is the word so jesus was there the holy trinity don't 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 go past the essence of it there is god the father and there is that great power in the end there is it's god the father god the son god the holy spirit and those those all work to bring victory for us. So when we get trapped into kind of thinking, well, well, the power wasn't really Jesus's, it was God's. Christ had the ability, but he also gave the example that when you need something, you trust the Father to give that to you. When you call Anything uh, you ask not because you uh, you you receive not because you ask not, whatever you ask in my name I'll give you. But that is, and I probably misquote that and forgive me, Lord. Um, but with that stated, when we go through now, if you go through and you say, Lord, I want a million dollars, that's not going to happen because he'd be answering that prayer for everyone, and it would be just a 
just to well, we would have Biden inflation like we have now. Yeah, <laughs> in a in a greater <laughs> capacity. Yeah, you know uh, we talk about resurrection here and and uh, talk about so um, I know we've talked about in the past stories of you know close brushes with death and stuff like that, but I don't I don't have any resurrection stories in my own. I do have some Easter stories. Mm. I think we all got a, a story where we spent some time with family on Easter or something mm-hmm. something fun happened on Easter. Oh yeah. Um, now I got one where it was. Alan and I, uh, he went, he went with me. I'm sorry, Alan. <laughs> to my, was this, was this we indoctrination were, camp? When we were small, we were, we were small kids. Went to my grandmother's church. Do you remember that? I do. Yeah. Northwest Assembly of God. And, uh, it was, it was Easter Sunday and mom, uh, mom or you dad, uh, you guys videotaped us out there Easter egg hunting. And we were, we were on that cusp of like too big to Easter egg hunt. So we're out there like begrudgingly Easter egg hunting. You're like, yes. oh, I hate this. <laughs> Ooh, this is nice. Don't make, don't let anybody see you liking this. <laughs> it's like, I'm still getting candy. This one might have quarters. <laughs> some yep. of these old ladies like dollar some. bills, so there could be some dollars in here too. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, we, piece of candy. <laughs> like the stuff that jingles, but the stuff that folds is even better. Yes. <laughs> So yeah, uh, it, that was a pretty good day. But I, I just I remember seeing that videotape years later and looking back and I'm going, Ugh, to be a kid again and having like having that shame of like I'm just on the cusp of being too old for this and like trying to play it off like I'm too cool for this, but I'm still going to participate. <laughs> right, I'm still going to reap the benefits of it. Yes, but you I know, think we're all kind of at that point. Um, yes, it, it um, the traditions that we bring up. And one of the reasons why um, the eggs, you're, um, during the Passover, that was one of the things they couldn't eat was eggs. Mm. So the chickens are still laying the eggs. So they would, uh, so they would hard boil the eggs, and that would allow them to keep. And uh, hard boiled eggs are delicious. Yeah. I tell you. So you could you could hard boil an egg, and it'll keep for for a minute or two. Um, so that would keep you from having those issues. I imagine they couldn't hard boil Cadbury's though. Well, it might turn out to be a hot mess. <laughs> Sterling's just over there shaking his head like, "No, <laughs> we're going way off base here." Forgive me, Father, for <laughs> they have sinned. So, Louis, um, uh, do you have any Easter stories? Something happened on Easter? Any fun family stories? Anything like a lot that? Of shooting and fighting and stabbing. A lot of shooting, fighting, and stabbing. So no, My family you know, always and get ham. drunk, and then they get into fights. <laughs> And ham. That's all oh, I w- did you have ham with it at least? Well, the ham was thrown around a few times. <laughs> somebody or the, or the turkey or whatever. You know. Did you at least get some deviled eggs? No, we never ate deviled eggs. Okay. I, may, I started eating that when I came to Indianapolis. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll make sure and have some deviled eggs for you for our little uh, Easter dinner we got going on tomorrow. So, uh, Well, for those watching, I guess that would be today. It's going to feel like I a time warp a when you're watching Easter. this. About uh, about you, Alan. Any any good uh, Easter stories? There? Easter stories. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, all of my Easter stories. I didn't really have much of that as a child, but I definitely had plenty of great Easter's with Riley being small. You know, I mean, yeah. um, you don't remember the joy that you had as much as 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 easily as seeing the joy on a child's face, right? Yeah. So, yeah. my mother would make a big deal about. I think even to the extent now i think if she really could get out and do it she'd buy riley an easter dress every single year and so that riley would wedge herself into that dress no matter what because that meant she was going to get candy 
<laughs> she had to wear the dress to go Easter egg hunting. That was the entry, right? So she'd put it on. It's the begrudging thing. Right. She'd go, she'd put it on and, and have to take pictures and she'd hate it. And then while she's doing that, I'm out there throwing the eggs around and hiding them in places and then watching her run around and you know, toddle around the yard. And, and I just, I'll never forget those. Those are memories I'll never, ever forget. And uh, like I said, Easter really didn't have much of an impact to me as a child. Don't really even like the traditional Easter dinner, <laughs> but I yeah, know you're not a fan of ham, but yeah. I will never, ever lose those memories Yeah, for the fans out there. Don't get Alan ham. No, just don't. No, don't do it. Any don't. one of us all day long. Yeah. Not Alan. It's fair. <laughs> what about you, dad? Get some good Easter memories. Um, I think the thing that's probably the toughest is when you go through and you have an Easter egg hunt. And they say, whoever has the most eggs wins an even bigger prize. Mm. And you you go through and you do the right thing. You've got a kid that's got like two or three eggs. And you've, you've, you've done a pretty decent job. You've collected. It's like, I've got enough. I can win this. You know, I think I had 45, 50 eggs, you know, somewhere yeah. around there. Um, so this, you cheated? No, <laughs> no, no. no. Wasn't cheating. I mean, when they when this was down in Tennessee, so I mean they they took a section of the park and and lay you know hid hundreds of eggs, not not a hundred eggs, hundreds of eggs, and um, there was one little kid that was just didn't have a whole lot of eggs. So I thought, all right, I'm like okay two or three out of mine. I'm like, I've still got enough. There's no way I can lose giving up these three eggs. In my charity, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I'd done what was right, and lo and behold, I lost my one egg. It just shows you that socialism doesn't work with eggs, does it? <laughs> no, social, <laughs> socialism didn't work. Uh, but, no, <laughs> the, the feeling was still good, but I still kind of felt cheated. I was like, there's got to be one more egg around here. I'm, you know, frantically looking some way to at least tie the kid. The, the whole concept is I only need one to win. And I was like, no, I need two to win. And I gave up three. <laughs> so, you know, it was, I felt good. And then Satan came in and beguiled me and um, took away took away the blessing at that point. But um, it, it was still cool. I had fun. You know, the kid was happy, um, but I lost. I I can't even. I can't even. That prize was so important to me up to the point that I didn't win, and I don't even remember what it was in the first place. <laughs> well, of course you're going to block it out of your mind. You didn't win. <laughs> Well, it's like it's like, man, it was this, and yes, I wanted this, I wanted that, I wanted this, and it was, you know, I can't even remember. They never really said, and I know the kid opened it, but I don't remember what it was. What about favorite Easter candies? We got favorite Easter candies uh, at the table, like like a Cadbury or. I mean, I'm. I don't have like a. I'm not a really Cadbury, but I mean, or Peeps. Oh, God, I hate Peeps. Um, <laughs> but no Peeps for this Peep. <laughs> I absolutely love, like, Reese's Bunnies. Yeah. Oh, that, those are fun. I mean, of course, Indiana, we are the testing ground for everything Reese's. Yes. Well, nice. now, I, I didn't you, know that. Now, yeah. I can honestly say the Reese's shapes, mm-hmm. um, the better are the Reese's. It just pretty much any shape. 
and strictly for the notion that those are the fresh ones. So you can get the ones that are packaged regular, and they could be a little old, and they're not near as good. But those that are shaped are your fresher and better. Um, they're just the chocolate yeah. is creamier, and so's the peanut butter. Yeah, yeah the, really the egg-shaped just, ones are really good too. Yeah. yeah, they seem to be heavier on peanut butter. Yeah, yeah definitely heavier on peanut butter. But no, they they sell more Reese's product in Indiana than any other state. So well. we get we get all of their. <laughs> Yeah, right. At this, I think I know why. Somewhere at this table, right? But no, um, so they do all their testing here on new products. That's why, you know, we ever talked to anyone out of state and we're like, hey, did you try that Reese's blah, blah, blah? Yeah, no, that's no. that's just us. What about you, Lou? You got a favorite Easter candy? <laughs> I never had an Easter candy or an Easter hunt or a birthday well, cake or anything like that. You never go get I the was candy? Too poor. Never get the candy now at the at the well this time now of year? yeah but like I'm, robin eggs I or can't, I can't have candies anymore because yeah. of my sugar yeah maybe uh maybe some sugar free Werthers yeah nothing I don't eat no, no candy no candy well, I know you like ice cream we get some ice cream every yeah. now and then yeah ice cream right. we'll, we'll call that your favorite Easter candy yeah <laughs> cold yeah. creamy works yeah we had some we had we got we picked up some ice cream from the local sweet shop here uh, last night. Yeah. yeah, I started that when you started going there. Yeah, if you're ever in, I never did. Yeah, if you're ever in Beach Grove, uh, Indiana, uh, right here in, uh, right down here on 17th and, um, well, what's that cross street? What's it? There's Churchman. Churchman. All, all, yeah, all oh yeah, it's like a yeah. Churchman, right? Yeah, right there at the roundabout. There's, it's called Sweet Scoop. Check it out. But uh, we got a little bit of extra time uh, for for uh, I don't know some politics today. Politicking. Some politicking. Uh, so, well, who's in trouble and who's lying now? <laughs> My browser open here because I, I had. So did uh, you say who's in trouble and who's lying down? I had a backup article just, just in lying, case we got into it a little bit. <laughs> um, that's a, that's a story for another episode, or just a story for you. It's fair. There it is. Um, let me make sure that this is correct here. Still, because it's still relevant. This this has been moving so much. the The bar has been moving so much with this particular uh, story. Um, so that's actually not the one. So uh, I don't I don't have it up anymore. So there there was um, a news article that I had on uh, Mr. Musk, uh, Elon Musk, uh, making his moves on um, on Twitter. See here. Oh, here it is. Okay, so this is the this is the current. Um, so uh, I, I don't know. If, I don't think we said it on the past on the show, but uh, um, Elon Musk had went through and bought nine point two percent. No, we did. We did talk about it last week, didn't we, Louis? Nine point two percent. The Elon Musk. Uh, we yeah. talked about talked about it last week. So nine point nine point two percent. He bought uh, into the into the stocks, um, and he was working on essentially a takeover. He refused a seat. Um, that uh, that they offered to him, uh, Parag Agrawal, uh, their their CEO, had offered him a seat. He said, "No, I I want to be able to buy the company basically in its entirety." Made an offer to them. Um, I can't remember what the the amount was on the shares, but forty three billion for the total, which tallied out to be like fifty four dollars a share. But uh, in this article here from uh, CNN Business. Um, Twitter adopts poison pill measure that could thwart Elon Musk's uh, takeover bid. So a lot of the, as you can tell, a lot of the the left is losing their minds over the possibility of Elon Musk even 
proposing to take over Twitter and make it private and and uh, allow free speech back on it. <clears throat> My guess is it's because he would probably allow Donald Trump back on the platform, and they can't have that. But uh, in New York, CNN Business, Twitter's board of directors has adopted a limited-term shareholder rights plan called a poison pill that could uh, make it harder for Elon Musk to acquire the company. The poison pill provision announced uh, in a press release Friday, so that was today for us, but, you know, whenever you guys are watching this, uh, preserves the right uh, for uh, Twitter shareholders other than Musk to acquire more shares of the company at a relatively inexpensive price, effectively uh, diluting Musk's stake. The provision will be uh, triggered if Musk or any other investor, it's going to be Musk, it's Musk, that's what they're doing it for, it's just Musk, acquires more than 15% of the company's shares. Musk currently owns around 9% of Twitter's shares. The move marks an effort by Twitter's board to wrest back some control in, uh, in the deal after Musk's stunning acquisition offer. Uh, the poison pill, a corporate anti-takeover defense mechanism, won't uh, necessarily stop M uh, Musk's bid in, in its tracks, though, but it could make buying the company more expensive or force Musk to, to the negotiating table with the board. That's because Musk believes in free um, speech. Yes. And Twitter don't believe in that. They're all Democrats, and they want to control what you say and do, and that's what they're afraid of, Musk, of coming in, taking over, having free speech, and they don't want that because the Democrats that, well, the tweeter, the, they're all Democrats, are trying to control what you do, and Biden is part of that. He, yeah. he He's in, he's well, he does just as much getting controlled as, <laughs> as Twitter does. control of it. Yeah. And um, also in the the Tesla, and um, he wants to, Biden wants, it's afraid that he'll get in there because Biden does got a, a, a part in those business. Him, Nancy, and all of them, because oh, they got, got, got a part in all of them. Yeah, investments yeah. in Twitter, yeah. And they're afraid of that. What's your take on this, so Alan? They're, they're afraid that someone that has free thinking is going to have a problem. Interesting. So, uh, Tweaker, I mean Twitter. Um, <laughs> <Tweak>. <laughs> While you're thinking about that, um, I think Alan had a take on that. Well, stri strictly from a stock market perspective, yeah. um, wanting to take, a, to take a business from a public business to a private business really, really hurts the stock. I mean, just it slams it because they don't know exactly, no one knows what to expect. So as much as it had a meteoric rise with him buying into it because everything he puts his name on, people back like crazy, yeah. um, it will plunge if he turns into a private company. And that's just how it is. And so you have yeah. people bailing. And so just from that standpoint, I could see them wanting to protect their assets and I mean, even he would have to think about that as well, because if he's going to take something over and then turn it into a, a private company, he has to understand that he's basically having his investment out of the gate. And then yeah. hopefully he can turn it back around. I, I think it's about the name recognition of, of Twitter itself in, in, in an eggshell. I think that's, that's where the investment lies and maybe even worth the loss of money initially. And because uh, there are three billion dollars. That, well, there are other social media programs out there and in, and in the works too. Um, because uh, I know that uh, Trump's got his Truth Social he's working on um, get, getting fully launched. Um, some people, a lot of people are on a waiting list to even 
get into that, but so they're, they're having a lot of uh, issues out of the gate um, with that one. Um, and then uh, there, 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 there are a handful of others. I think it was MeWe is one of that one of the others. That's been out for a little, for yeah. a little bit. Everybody's jumping on that, yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's a few other messaging ones that are just straight up messaging, but they're not um, they're not like Twitter. Um, there was a uh, Parler. Um, it kind of came in, went away. You take your hat off when talking about Parler. <laughs> it's back, but not quite. You know, as strong. I think you know a lot of those people. Uh, abandoned parlor and went right back to Twitter where they were before. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, unfortunately they get surrounded by blue check marks. Um, those are the people that are verified on Twitter and, um, their thoughts get diluted once more because as we know, free speech is, is held back on Twitter. So it's also about power too. Oh yeah. Cause he wants to take over and Twitter don't like that. They don't want us to take over. They want the power. Yeah. They want to control, and they don't want us to. That's just it. Take How over. much power do they really have? I mean, when when you can, that's the difference, right? So, it's been stated in history that if you want to control the people, you control the news, right? Yeah. So, I mean, if you take over the television, which doesn't have as much impact anymore as it did, you know, years ago, exactly. you take over. You take over social media, and that's where, if you look at. Um, if, Look at any of the polls. More people are getting their news from social media than they are actually getting from news outlets. Yeah. So it's yeah. so much control having having a social media, having any social platform under your thumb. And that's why they think they feel okay. They feel safe having a board, right? And he doesn't want to be one out of 12 votes because they can just always outvote him. Yeah. And so that's why they're so fearful of it. I mean, no, I'm, not, he, I'm not saying anything bad about it. I think he'll have make great decisions. He's a he's a libertarian, guys. So I'm I'm okay with this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I think he wants to be El Capitan, right? I mean, yeah. That's how he works. Yeah, I mean that, that's that's what he does with all of his other businesses, right? I mean, right. essentially, mm-hmm. um, unless unless he feels like he's got someone that can fully represent him and come in, but he still has his hands and everything. Like with, even with Tesla, he kind of stepped back, but his hands are still. He's a very hands-on guy, so. And they're also afraid of what he said. He says that Twitter ain't doing the right thing. So what's telling them that he's going to change things around? You know, and they're afraid of that. Yeah. Speaking of th- changing things up, uh, in Fox News this week, uh, first Texas bus drops off migrants uh, and and uh, block it's blocks away from the U.S. Capitol in Washington D.C. Um, so old Greg Abbott uh, fulfilled his promise that he was going to start doing that, and it's actually what was the second bus actually arrived. So this yeah. after this story, there's actually. Um, a, a couple others, but so there was the truly that, a hit the road, Jack. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, well, that's good for well, him. They properly process them, processed them through CVP, okay. of course, and uh, and then so they were properly vented, yeah. where they haven't been properly vented, or at least they say they've been vented, but they really couldn't prove that they were vented. Well, Correct? CVP will 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 vet them. So they have they are sitting in the facility for a while, processed, and then put on a bus. Mm-hmm. And that's why there's so few of them, uh, and and there's several buses that will come uh, in. Um, and days, <laughs> yeah. He's in succession a bunch to this of airplane tickets if for them. We could get Journey to stop speaking that toy. That'd be, that'd be great. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyway, a bus from Texas arrived in Washington D.C. Wednesday morning, trans, uh, transporting dozens of illegal immigrants as part of Texas Governor Greg Abbott's uh, new plan to counter federal immigration policies during uh, an ongoing an ongoing border crisis. Abbott announced last week that uh, he was directing the Texas uh, Division of Emergency Management the TDEM, 
for short, to transport migrants released from uh, federal uh, federal custody in Texas to the nation's capital and and uh, other locations outside his state. The bus pulled up at approximately 8 a.m. local time, blocks away from the U.S. Capitol uh, building. Fox News has uh, learned that the that they uh, they came from the Del Rio sector in Texas after coming to U, uh, the U.S. from Colombia, Cuba, Nicaragua, and Venezuela. Um, upon the bus's arrival in Washington, D.C., individuals disembarked one by one, uh, except for the family units who exited together. Um, they checked with officials uh, and had wristbands. They were wearing cut off, uh, cut off before being told they could go. But... Um you know that Biden wanted just families to come in. And what I saw in those buses was individual people, just guys and women alone, not families. And also Texas is afraid once um, Biden knocks down that law, that 41. Thing no, yeah, Title 42. 42. They got over a thousand immigrants waiting to come in. Yeah. Outside the gate of the, well, around the border. Yeah, there was a Trump-era policy, Title 42. If you haven't looked it up already, please do look that up. Yeah, 42. Yep. And um, they're afraid once he does that, they're going to all charge in. And that's what Texas is afraid of. I guess if I was Greg Abbott, I would put him on the bus and just run him south of the border once again. Yeah, so therein lies the issue there. I know that uh, Texas has their own National Guard, but uh, even with all that manpower... You end up with the federal government intervening at the border. Um, not that Border Patrol would necessarily want to stop them, but because of policy, Biden being former, former vice president, um, Biden being commander in chief, they have to abide by the policies that are currently set. So, um, But really, are they? I mean, that's, at what point does policy even matter? He's going to go, they do this, they'll just move on to the next level. You you send them into Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C. is going to take taxpayer money, throw them on a plane, and distribute them across the country to continue to grow the Democratic base when these people don't even realize that the Democrats just want to use them to destroy the portion of the nation that truly is building this country, and that is the middle class. We are forgotten many, and that's the problem. There's many of us. And we keep playing this game at the border, and it, it doesn't it doesn't solve anything. It's a terrible chess piece. Yes. It, it's you got two master chess players, you're in checkmate in two moves on both sides of the board. And I know there's chess players that go in that can't physically happen. Well, no, they're they're playing five D chess, five five D chess, right? Okay. <laughs> uh, um, a big story that came out of New York this week, um, and and Louis Yay for New York. Louis going to download us on this one a little bit because he comes from New York. New York. Um, so Brooklyn subway shooting suspect Frank James was arrested um, after um, he, he laid some smoke bombs and, and opened fire. So Frank James was arrested Wednesday afternoon and went. Uh, uh, Wednesday afternoon in New York City, the NYPD and the FBI and the ATF worked around the clock for 30 hours to bring James into custody. He handed himself over. Wasn't that hard. As CBS 2's Jessica Moore reports, police say James 
uh, dropped clues along the way that helped investigators zero in on him as their prime suspect. They were uh, cheeseburger he, wrappers. He left his driver's license on, on the subway. Right. <laughs> but, so that was next to the cheeseburger wrappers. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and all the people that he was shooting at was taking pictures, you know, because, hey, man, that's something good to have on your social media. That's what you got to put on Twitter. This guy is shooting people. Check uh, this they, out. No, they said, this looks like the set of rust. <laughs> um. <laughs> well, you have uh, shell casings doing shovel revolutions around your body as you're running down the street. <laughs> exactly. Um, it, was the, uh, it was the worst mass shooting in the history of the subway system, and now James will face ter- uh, terror-related charges. Federal prosecutors say James, age 62, crossed state lines from Pennsylvania to New York to carry out Tuesday's violent subway attack. Crossing state lines, it sounds familiar. Uh, bringing with him a bag full of weapons, including hatchets, my word, pepper spray, gas canisters, and a 9mm handgun. Uh, he now faces a federal terrorism charge, which includes carrying out violence on board mass transit. Uh, quote, Frank James has been charged by a complaint in Brooklyn federal court with one count of violating 18 USC sections, 1992, um, a seven and B1, which prohibits terrorist and other violent attacks against mass, uh, transportation systems said Breon peace, U S attorney of the Eastern district of New York, the statute, uh, yeah, the statute um, is titled, quote, Terrorism or Other Violent Acts in Mass Transportation. What do you got for us, Louie? Well, this is what happens when you don't allow citizens um, not to have guns. They have this law in New York, you can't have a gun at all. But look what's happening. It's not first time this thing has happened in New York. It's been a thousand times or more. It's always somebody getting shot, robbed. And who got all the guns? The gangs. The bad guys. The bad guys. But they're but, illegal. They're not allowed to have those. Maybe they call I know, those but goat, they still have them. Goat, ghost guns? <laughs> <laughs> and they still have Even if they do... There's a whole level to ghost guns, and that's yeah. for Even if they episode. do get rid yes. of all the guns... The gang's been making guns for a long time, sip guns, all the kinds of guns. You ain't going to never get rid of them. So why not have the, the innocent citizens have guns so they could protect themselves, you know? Because yeah. this is getting ridiculous. These Democrats want to control everything, and they don't want, they don't care about your life. All they care is about you don't have a gun. And, and you can't protect yourself. They want the police to protect you. But they can't be there when you're in danger Absolutely. or you're getting shot. They have cameras. What is that camera going to do? That camera is just telling you that you're going to die. <laughs> and that's going to be the witness yeah. for the cops to go and get you. Yeah. They're just going to come and clean up a dead body. Yeah. So but why can't the innocent people have guns and protect themselves? Say if it somebody with me. in their train would have had a gun, yeah. they would have shot that guy. Say it with me. What stops a bad guy with a gun? A good, good guy, guy with a gun. gun. <laughs> I know Alan's got something to say on this one. I mean, I read something earlier that just made me so happy inside being a big 2A guy, and that was that, uh, you know, I don't need 911. I just need 811. <laughs> 
Yes, I know where to dig. (laughs) Don't want to hit that power line. Yes, no. This this whole concept, and they're going to go through and say, well, see, he crossed state lines. He didn't get that gun in New York. He brought it from Pennsylvania, that evil state, Pennsylvania, that will let people have guns. It'll also let them. That's what happens in Chicago, right? That's yeah. all those guns come from Indiana. Yeah. Well, they they you got a lot of gun runners that come into New York and they sell guns to all the gangs and everything. I know because when I was in the gang, the cops would pick up 10, 20 guns of ours that they find and the next day we have 20 back. So, yep. it doesn't make a difference. They fell right off the back of a truck at what what convenience, right? Right. I just love the whole concept of if we make them illegal, people won't be able to have guns. No, no. If anything's illegal, criminals, who by definition break the law, <laughs> are going to do what they do by definition. Like, exactly. Keep doing that, breaking the law. Exactly. <laughs> they're going to have the guns. My wife. That, that, that's the whole, uh, the fact that this individual took the steps that he had taken, um, and, of course, like I said, they're going to say, well, he brought it in from Pennsylvania. So Pennsylvania is now bad. Um, well, he also had ties <laughs> sure. to Wisconsin. So Wisconsin people, you know, wait a minute. Let's see here. Pennsylvania voted in Biden with some of the highest rain, uh, rankings. And then Wisconsin done the same, correct, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the numbers, but so – He's got ties in Wisconsin. He's got ties in Pennsylvania. But he commits a crime in New York. What's going on in New York? Utter chaos already. There was chaos then in a state that has the opportunity to show true greatness, but because of their self-anger. It's like New Yorkers can be how New Yorkers are going to be. We can be mad at everybody. And that's just how it's going to be. And... We've got a society that in New York, and and the fact that this guy, the elephant in the room is... Had a a gas mask on? Oh, (laughs) that's insensitive. Yes, yes, that is insensitive. It's a rather large guy to be shooting at people. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yes, he he was a large man. Um, Not nimble. Robust. the, the, The news report that I had heard was there was... There was racist comments, and mm-hmm. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, someone was an idiot. And then I seen him, and I'm like, oh, someone was an idiot. I, You know, stupid people are stupid people, and it doesn't relate to who you are or anything else. But... Well, I would have classed, uh, if I would have seen him with a gun, but like, how did that bowling ball get a gun? Yeah, well. It's Kingpin. Kingpin. <laughs> Kingpin nearly didn't need a gun. But um, but I use one every now and then. But yeah, no, it was, it threw me off to, to see someone vibrant and full of life like this individual take this type of action. And to see that he took that action against a a brother in arms in in saluting and trying to strengthen the city of New York and making racist comments to other individuals but a lot of them was directed towards the new mayor of New York 
and just his whole philosophy just just kind of screams someone's got to do something in New York to to fix the problems. That wasn't fixing the problems. I get it. The transit system in New York is interesting. You uh, make sure your tetanus shot is up to date and watch where you sit. And Santa to Buddy Elf says, the gum underneath, don't chew that. Unless you jump the, the, the turnstiles, right, Lou? Did, did you ever do that as a kid? A lot the, of times. <laughs> then you ain't got to worry about none of that. You, just, you ain't got to worry about none of that. Just hop right over. You just ride. Only one time I got chased by the cops, but they're not always there. Yeah. And um, Well, according to a news report, they they the police identified that we are going to put more men in the transit system so we can catch this guy. And, and, right. and then they talked to someone that was writing, and she goes, there ain't nobody down here. They, they didn't add no more cops. If there are more cops down here, I ain't seeing them. Yeah. So. Most of the cops in New York are scared anyway to go after somebody. They're afraid they might get shot. But they're supposed to have cameras. <laughs> as long as I know living in New York, they never worked. Why do they have cameras to fool you? Thinking that Oh, that's a camera. They're going to see me? No. They never did work. And another thing, how could a guy with a record this long get a gun in Pennsylvania? Here in Indianapolis, you got to go through the police department, the FBI, just to get a gun. The only way you're going to get an illegal gun is if you buy it from a gun runner or you steal it, you know? And I'm sure in the uh, Pennsylvania probably has the same law that we have here. You got to go through background checks. The federal yeah. background checks are the yeah. same there as they are here. Yep. It's, it's, so you can't, blame, you can't blame them. You can't blame anybody that, that might get a gun and go out shooting people because they could get it from anywhere. Gun runner, they could steal the guns, you know, it doesn't make a difference where they get them. Neighbor dies. He's got a bunch of guns and you go in the house and, and take them, you know, acquire, Acquire, yes. I was wheeled these guns. Where's the documentation? It died with him. <laughs> right. Yeah. Last time he said that, he was alive. <laughs> Lazarus, come forth. forth. Yes. <laughs> I need you to tell him. <laughs> you yes. had something on that, Alan? Yeah, I mean, the two things that got me, we kind of talked about last night when I was writing, was, first of all, I mean, if you guys watch those YouTube videos of his, so racist, right? So much racism. But... We're talking no. about Frank here. Yeah. 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 And not Jesus's YouTube <laughs> um, or Lazarus's for that yeah. matter. But uh, I digress. Two things. First of all, that man has more racist content on YouTube than I have content on YouTube, which is pretty sad. Um, <laughs> and the fact that he wasn't flagged and removed. Oh, no. He, he had several thousand followers. He had several, th- quite a following. So sad. Yeah. So sad. I we work so hard. <laughs> and all we have to do is be blatant racist. Yeah, but I guess. I, we just can't do that. So on the other end of that, when I said this last night, I'll say it again. You know, I can watch that and go, okay, okay, black Jesus, black Jesus, black Jesus, die whitey, die whitey, die whitey. At least give me some good lighting effects, man. Like, so give me something to look at. You know, tell me how I need to die. At least make, their, make you spend some time. Put some effort into it, man. Your video quality was poor. Yes. Step your I, game up. I want sparklers. Right. 
Yeah, I, I want racism with flair. Yeah, yeah. We have we have lighting here in this little studio for under a hundred bucks sitting right here. Right. I mean, yeah. He bought a gas mask with yeah. that money. He should have spent it and, on lighting. And New York got the most lights than any city out there. You got lights yeah. everywhere. Uh, I mean, and they've got uh, quite a few lights, but I don't know if they've got Las Vegas. It, it, Las Vegas has got no. Uh, that's just on the strip, to, though. They, that's they, what you're thinking, though. New York yeah. got a lot of light because yeah. of the gangs always hiding in the dark. So they put a bunch of lights everywhere. So it's like daytime in the, in the nighttime. That's why you see people never sleep because they're always out. Yeah, the city that never and, sleeps. And um, also, it didn't take the police to catch him. It was a citizen who caught him in McDonald's eating his um, Big Mac or whatever, you know, he was eating. His McCurds and whey. That'll tell you what the police department do in New York. They but probably were out there eating donuts and coffee. You know, he had thousands of followers, and I think he had more followers. <laughs> I was going to say, that's how they actually caught him. Was they were eating donuts and drinking coffee, and he was, like, right next to him, right? <laughs> like, wait. <laughs> and even he was like. For those on audio, uh, Alan was miming finishing a donut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Neither of them were going to run or do anything until they finished their donuts. They just stared each other down. Pointing at the badge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, um, so he had thousands of followers, did he not? Uh, but I bet you he still had more followers than uh, CNN. Oh. Uh, plus. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Woo. Getting in those ribs. Yeah, because uh, according to the New York Post, uh, uh, and their, their, uh, one of their stories this week uh, was came out uh, April 12th, uh, CNN Plus reportedly draws fewer than 10,000 daily viewers. Um, the embattled CNN cable network looks to have another situation on its hands. Uh-oh. Um, not just pedophiles anymore, I guess. Uh, the underwhelming launch of its new streaming service, CNN Plus. The service's total number of daily viewers has yet to surpass 10,000, according to reports. Feeling speculation? What all shows can they honestly put on CNN? Well, I was thinking you said not just pedophiles. I was like, those are minor attracted people. They can't even find CNN attracted people. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we had that many. It, it's so they can say the things that they can't say on CNN, right? Um, uh, so fueling speculation that the network's new parent company, Discovery, Warner Media, uh, could be pushed into uh, slashing costs even as CNN Plus tries to get off the ground. The latest black eye for the uh, left-leaning network comes after a, a tumultuous uh, year when its chief, Jeff Zucker, stepped down after admitting to a consensual relationship with Allison Gullist, his former uh, lieutenant of the company. It also comes after... Uh, star anchor Chris Cuomo was fired for his involvement uh, advising his brother uh, and former New York governor Andrew Cuomo as he faced a sexual harassment scandal. Seems to be a trend here. Uh, <laughs> the fledging streaming network has pushed for uh, big names to draw people to the service, including hiring former Fox News anchor Chris Wallace, who's apparently having breakdowns. Now, there's, he's, he's a winner, man. I just... Give me Chris Wallace 24 hours a day, and I think life would be grand. Yeah. Who am I kidding? I need a nap. He's about I mean, as uh, so does he. He's about as interesting as wore out sandpaper. Say, yeah, at least he went to the right. <laughs> at least he went to the right network. Yeah. Nobody has to. Nobody's watching him. So. Yeah. 
Um, so CNN Plus first uh, started the streaming uh, started streaming content on March 29th, so not that long ago. Uh, though uh, there were some technical hiccups, the uh, $5.99 per month subscription service wasn't available on Roku until Monday, and it's uh, and it remains offline for those with Android TV. So, can't get it with a Droid, and you can't get it on Roku. There you go. That's right. why. You can only get it with a Fire Stick. <laughs> my cousin said that. And all, and all those are broke. Jailbroke. <laughs> my cousin called me from New York, and he was telling me that Como's thinking of running again for me. <laughs> I said, oh, no. Yeah, but listen to this. It says that the minuscule audience, which was first reported by CNBC, does not bode well for the uh, channel's future, uh, particularly after the network poured in an estimated $250 million just to launch the market uh, with uh, of the service. Um, by contrast, CNN's cable channel brings in, uh, in an average of 773,000 daily viewers, um, which is well behind pack leader Fox News' channels and second-placed MSNBC. So they're even running behind MSNBC. If you're running Ooh. behind MSNBC, Ugh. you might be doing something wrong. So gross. <laughs> I mean, all MSNBC is just an extension of BLM at this point. If you've ever watched anything, they're like, potato chips, why they're racist. <laughs> the bag that the potato chips are in. And then Joy Reid's back there going, <laughs> look at my 14th wig of this take. <laughs> I hate potato chips, especially when they have sour cream and onion powder on them. Racist. She is a regular chameleon. I never know, I never know if I'm watching her or someone else because she changes her... Hairpiece so much. What is yeah. it? It's the same background. Yeah. I have to wait for the, the marquee to come back up and say it's her show. And like, oh, I am watching Joy Reid, unfortunately. Uh, the Black Lives <laughs> Matters uh asking for more donations. They need another mansion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, of course. Uh, what, what was that? Uh, I'm sorry. We don't want to get off topic there. Yeah, that's all right. We can get off a little bit. Yeah. We got some time this week. Um, no, but. Uh, Less than ten thousand viewers. Imagine that. <laughs> That's so funny. I mean, I mean, are we on par with them? I think maybe our little bitty channel here is. <laughs> we're less than ten thousand viewers, so maybe we're right there with CNN Plus, and they could, they could uh, try to uh, partner with us, uh, with us as long as they get rid of all their pedophiles. Wait, they would clean house. Uh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the funny thing with with two going right now. They have how many? I wonder how many shows they have on CNN Plus, right? So if you look at that 10,000, I mean, legitimately, if you look at the number of views that... Less than 10,000, nobody knows. This show gets, <laughs> my show gets, if we had a couple more shows, we could legitimately over, or like take, get more viewership in a day than CNN Plus. That's yeah. pretty comical. With with the budget of... Uh, I'm uh, sick. Yeah. yeah. I mean, at this point, right? Because we've, right. we've, we've invested in our stuff here, so... We just, we're, we're just lucky not to have Chris Wallace. <laughs> He would really cry if he came into the studio. <laughs> I see the see the writing on the wall. Ah! No, it's uh, he might just burst into flames if he centered yeah. it. <laughs> the simple fact that they they wanted to try to enhance their their share in the market. Dip a dip it, a turd in chocolate. Yes, it. Still a turd. It's still a turd. You know, it. It's you can radiate a turd. It's still a turd. When you chocolate cover it, it's still a turd. It. So what they're what 
I'm with you. I'm just like, what can they put out that's going to be, yes, for an hour, so-and-so is going to interview these people. What's that any different to what they do on the news time? This costs $6 more. But this is $6 more. Yes. <laughs> it's the victory. We've got it. Well, I'll tell you how they'll get viewers. Okay. They, they just make half their programming Brian Stelter. Because for nothing else, I want to watch it so I can pull clips and put them on Alan's show. I like mm. it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. <right>. Yes. <laughs> And I'm doing it from a gravita- yeah. gravitational perspective, yeah, right? If I get him on there, maybe it will pull viewers into it. <laughs> Just for comedic Stelter. value. Stelter. Yeah. Totally straight. And getting owned by freshmen in college. That's just the best. Here's an 18 or 19-year-old child just smashing you in front of everybody. So, Did you guys watch that? I've seen the interview, yes. Oh, my God. Did you see it? No. Like, literally, they were having a disinformation um kind of open panel. And he, of course, was invited, which is fantastic. And this freshman at the college, I don't know, was it actually at a college? I can't remember if it was. I, it was I, I just remember seeing the video. So in other there. words, a campus that wouldn't let Charlie Kirk on, Correct. let this person Likely, on. Yes. Oh, this will be fulfilling for the children. So this young man steps up and he's like, all right, I know this is about disinformation, but you work for CNN. And you call you, you said that Cuomo was you basically pushed the whole idea of Cuomo being uh, not guilty, and you pushed all this, and you pushed this, and you pushed this, and every at every single turn, isn't that you giving the public disinformation? Yeah, <laughs> and he lit them up, and then he just has yeah, to. Yeah, talked about Hunter Biden's laptop, how they yeah. call it in, yeah, Russian like that. information. That they talked about the. Um, what Dan Bongino calls the PP hoax there in uh, at Russia with China, uh, what that was supposed to be the the Russia hoax with uh, Donald Trump and that that whole thing and and, and it turns out that fake dossier yeah. was not real they 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 couldn't get rid of me I was too good so this kid completely lights him up right and then his response you kind of like okay you're backed into a corner own it do yeah. something he goes what real reporting is and don't quote me I'm I'm completely skewing what he's saying and not intentionally to make him look bad but he's essentially saying when the fox you know reporters were in the middle of a war zone and I think one got injured our people went to them and helped to make sure they were okay and that's what people do they they stand for each other and that's what real reporting is it's like no no it's not and honestly after it was all said and done someone had talked to that kid Afterward, I hate to call him kids 18 or 19 years old, but that young man, which makes me feel old, um, <laughs> they spoke with him later and they said actually Stelter approached him later and talked to him and still wouldn't answer any question he had straight. He just kept guiding him away. Well, um, they took a break for lunch. Yeah, I was gonna say, sorry, <laughs> he, he probably, because <laughs> yeah, he even said, I can smell lunch back there. And so he, he was ready to, to chow down on, on a few uh, submarine sandwiches, I'm sure. So he was on that uh, sugar high of the cookies. That if it was Subway, uh, then, you know, not a sponsor. We don't want them. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, he was probably munching on down too many, one too many cookies, and he was on a sugar high, and he just, I can't answer questions now, right? Maybe? No. I mean, maybe. He probably should have requested a safe space room to regroup. <laughs> I think uh, the, there are several campuses that have those. You need a safe space. I need to go and... Center myself. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But it was. But you're supposed to answer these questions about disinformation. And this is what they're hinging their network on, guys. 
It was a perfect phone call. <laughs> this is the guy they hinged their network on. Who's been cl- who clawed his way to that point, basically stepping around the bodies of all the pedophiles. Yeah. And on that note, <laughs> I think we can bring this in to a close. Really? Yeah. yeah. Just, just, sure you hey. want to? I mean, come on. I think oh, man, we would type in so much fun. fun. Okay, well then, <laughs> have a little more fun. You've got a few um, minutes to do so. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, let's, let's talk about another elephant in the room. The Obama visit to Washington, D.C., and you're gonna make I, me find that video clip. Oh man, <laughs> it, there's plenty of them out there. There's got to be. You've got Biden that just seems that lost. That was the the life. celebration for Katanji uh, Jackson Brown. Yeah. Brown was Jackson. I wasn't 100 sir. Oh good golly, don't even get me started. What's the definition of a woman? Well, it's how you feel. I'm not a biologist. I'm not a biologist, but <laughs> I think I've my record shows true. Well, ma'am, your record doesn't show much of anything other than you cut every victim in half and give that half over to the defendant. Yeah, other than the only thing your record shows is that you could legitimately make sure everyone's still employed at CNN. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was thinking that exact joke when you told it. <laughs> so they was watching her, and that's why they had the close to 10,000 rather than being 5,000 or less. Yeah. So, okay. You know, but it's just Brian Stelter watching himself. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but it's it on multiple I'm media so, devices. I'm so sorry, Gary. I'm just, just riffing just real quick. That's the only reason they still have Brian Stelter is because when he pulls out candy, he doesn't show it to kids before he puts it in his own mouth. <laughs> hey, kiddo. Lol- no. 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 Mine. They're like, we're keeping this one. Yes. <laughs> this is what we need. No. When you see the whole actions of that, the, the interaction, you got Biden kind of walking around looking like a yetz. Like, He's dawdling. Which way do I go, mommy? Right. Where are we? Where are we? And what are we and, doing? You know, we need. Then he tries to get back into the conversation. So he's got a hold of Obama. Oh, Obama, Barack, he, Barack, I'm, yeah. I'm over here. He was Obama. reaching out for, like he was getting a lifeline on uh, wants to be a millionaire. So it just it was kind of depressing, and it just tr- truly shows that Obama brought him in because he needed, well, he just needed a sector of votes that that accommodated that speculation is he needed a puppet to be in there for Obama third term. Yes. Well, well, I think they got it. No, but then, then, you know, our current VP, uh, I'm waiting for Dana white to kind of hook up with Michael and get them into a match because I, I think, Oh, Kamala there was a little closer to Barack than Michael has been in a while. And that's just, you know, that is my opinion. It's uh, That's how I seen it. It just seemed like, and I, I get it. You can go through and say, well, that, you know, that should have been a, a deal where the three of them should have been orchestrating the room. And to me, it just almost kind of seemed like the room was, they had their king in their presence. And that that's kind of depressing. Um, and if you don't know who Michael is, comment, comment, comment. And and maybe we'll tell you. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. maybe. If you mm-hmm. know the Obama era, you already know who Michael is. 
So with that being said, you've just got this. It just shows even further to what the conspiracy theorists love to to venture in and say that there's, um, you know, and of course it is my opinion, just a shadow government. Um, I believe um, Trump had even alluded to something like that. But I think the way that went, it just really showed that Obama really didn't care for the old white guy at all, to say the least. I think it was just that was for the dog and pony show, so to speak, to bring him in as a VP. Um, and so just that's my take on it. I just kind of th- kind of felt like it just a little yeah. bizarre. He little... needed somebody he could wind up and watch him. Go, ah, ah, ah. He's got, scr- <laughs> he's got scre- uh, strings on him. Yeah, that's right. So Definitely no Pinocchio. Going to bring us to a close of the prayer? Yes, yes. Blessed Heavenly Father, we give you praise, Lord, and honor first for our salvation, Lord. We thank you that we could get through the show, Lord. We had a good time. We just ask that uh, let the message get to the hearts of individuals. Let them take the truth of it, Lord, that there is a mighty power that you have available for us, Lord. All we have to do is call upon you to receive a new heart, Lord. That resurrection was for each and every one of us. So with a humble heart, we can come to you and know that you will be the Lord of our life, Lord, and forever change us, creating in us a new creature and a new life. Carry us home safely, and let this just be a recording that many will enjoy. In Jesus' heavenly name we pray, amen. 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 And if we said anything bad, please forgive us. No, comment, comment, comment. Yes. Yeah, come at me, bro. Comment, like, <laughs> move on. Subscribe. Join on. You subscribe. can hate watch too. Yes. We'll take you too. I get plenty of those. Yeah. And so, I like it. <laughs> good comments, bad comments, we'll work within them. The man that uh, brought, just brought that prayer, that was a host of More on the More, my father, Gary Moore. Thanks for coming, sir. Good to be here. Y'all have a good evening, a good day, and a good tomorrow. And next to him, we had Louis Rodriguez. Always good to have you, sir. Thanks for coming. Thank you for having me, and don't forget to comment. You know him, you love him. Come forth, Alan McFarland. Hey, thanks again. Thank you, guys. I hope you guys have a great week and a happy Easter. Yes. We'll see you around. Bye. See ya.